Welcome back to a mutinous edition of Campus Life. No, your ears aren't deceiving you right now. This is Colin sitting in the captain's chair tonight. Uh, no, Austin didn't go anywhere. Still here. I just stole the wheel here for today's show. Uh, and we are coming to you live tonight to promote the drawing for the jersey. Uh, but if you listened to the show before, um, you know, we're going to do that at the end. Uh, we have the random drawing that we're going to do. Uh, but we do always like to start uh, start here with a little icebreaker topic. And I think uh, best place to start would be with this infamous Turkey Club saga that drew so much attention on Twitter yesterday. Uh, Austin, walk us through uh, what happened there for anybody who may have missed the tweet. Yeah, my two most popular tweets ever, well, like two of them in the top five are me calling the the Senior Bowl, the, the Hershey Senior Bowl the whole time, and then... <laughs> Me complaining about not being able to find a turkey club, which is, I don't know. I don't know what the people like anymore, I guess, these darn kids. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, I've lived in Pittsburgh for six years, I guess, at this point. Six, five, five, six, something like that. I have not found a restaurant that has a good turkey club sandwich in this city. And, like, I don't think it's like that. I'm not that picky about it. But, you know, you got to have good bread. You know, the mayo's got to be the right ratio. You know, thick cut bacon if you can have it. And just like I got, I got one last night that had really good reviews, and it tasted like crap. I cut, I ate like four <laughs> bites of it, and it was just freaking terrible. So I don't know. Uh, the the ever elusive Turkey Club continues. Yeah, well, I uh, I'm not a huge sub guy that much. I mean, I'm a pretty picky eater, which we've talked about before. Not a big veggie uh, veggie guy, so I kind of stick away from the lettuce, tomato thing. So my subs are pretty bland. It's just pretty much just meat, cheese, probably another meat on there somewhere. Um, but yeah, so I can't really relate on that too much. But I don't think it's too difficult to make a good turkey sub. I mean, I worked at a subs place in college, um, and it's, it's really not that difficult. Well, you're so first off, turkey sub and turkey club are two very different things. So you're already right. you're wrong. You're already wrong. Like this conversation is you're the kind of people that are making me these sandwiches are people like you that don't understand <laughs> the difference between the two. Turkey club. I'm sorry. <laughs> very distinct difference. So have you had any turkey club that stands out in your mind? Obviously pre-Pittsburgh, but yeah, so I grew up um, working in restaurants. Um, that was always my big thing, uh, you know, summer jobs during college and high school and all that kind of stuff. And I worked at a place. Uh, have you been to the Dobbin House with me before? No, I have not. It's a very old restaurant in Pittsburgh. I think, well, Colby went to a bunch of the Christmas parties with me um, over the years as my plus one. <laughs> but um, <laughs> That's we, cute. they have, they have they're, they're known for their onion soup. Like we get people that come from like all over the country just for the onion soup. It's it's the best onion soup I've ever had. It ruined onion soup for me. Literally can't eat anybody else's. Um, but they have just the bomb turkey club. And they took it off the menu this year. Oh. They got a new chef and they took it off the menu. So now I'm just like, I, I don't know where to get a fix for my turkey club. So if anybody knows, um, I got a lot of suggestions like just buy your own smoker. And like I think that's what it's going to come to. I think I'm just going to have to get my own smoker and like make my own meats and stuff. So. Do you think you'd be able to do that at your current place? I mean, you have that nice little like balcony area, but yeah, we have a grill out there. So what's, what's, you know, what's one more, uh, you know, toy for me out there that my wife has to maneuver around. (laughs) She would love that there. She would, she would fair. Um, all right, well, let's, uh, let's just get into the show here then for tonight. Um, you know, we're going to start off with the Super Bowl. you know, happened, uh, happened this past week here and 
Yeah. We had a Super Bowl. Yeah. Was it this week or was it the week before? I, uh, no. Um, obviously, if you listen to us talk about it right before the Super Bowl, you know that we were both wrong on what was going to happen. Like pretty, pretty thoroughly wrong, especially me. Um, I was wrong on both Kansas City and I was wrong on the over. So not quite what I was expecting. Kind of a dud of a Super Bowl. Um, but do you have any quick thoughts on that here? Um, I don't. I mean, I already apologized for being wrong on Debbie Debate this week. But I, I mean, I'll yeah, do it again. I'm true. not too proud. Um, no, I, I yeah, I just I I thought that that Kansas City's game plan was like borderline arrogant. Yeah. Like they just did. They were like, okay, well, we're missing our two tackles, but it doesn't really matter. We're just going to do what we've done in past weeks. Like, and then they kind of adjusted for a couple plays at halftime where they they ran the ball a little bit more and they did it well because. You know, Tampa was dropping a bunch of guys and really only rushing four, and then they just abandoned it because I think they they got too skittish about being down. Um, but I mean, Mahomes being crippled a little bit, um, you know, I, I just, it was just one of those nights where nothing goes right. You know, I, I can't yeah. think of like one thing that went right for them really all night. So, yeah, and I think one of the other big storylines there is uh, your guy, my friend, also Felix was definitely right losing those O line. Players did matter a little bit more than maybe we anticipated. Um, you know, Mahomes was just hurried all night. Tampa's D had three sacks, five tackles for a loss. They hit him 10 times and he was under pressure way more than that. You know, if it wasn't Patrick Mahomes, those numbers would have been way worse. So I think that was a big storyline there too. And then the other storyline that's pretty big and is something that I feel like I need to issue my apology for now is, um, you know, Kansas City's weapons. They just, they were extremely disappointing. Um, you know, I thought that, and Felix saying, yeah, he took the under. He, yeah, you're right, Felix. You're right. I don't Call think Felix is a betting man, but he probably could have made a lot of money this weekend if he had really wanted to. Yeah, he should have. Um, but yeah, with, uh, with the weapons in KC there, I mean, I, I came out the week before I said that, you know, obviously they have a lot of people leaving in free agency this year, their cap situation is not great. So I didn't really see them investing a lot in, you know, wide receiver in this year in the off season, but you know, I'm, I've, I'm starting to rethink that, you know, they looked, nobody could step up once they took uh hill away by using two safeties over the top. And then they kind of took Kelsey away. They focused on him. Those, the linebackers that they have are, are um, David and white are both pretty good in coverage. Um, so they helped to take Kelsey away there and the offense struggled after that. So I think now they might actually have to invest in somebody. Um, maybe not a big name free agent or somebody in round one, but I think you could look at, you know, a wide receiver in round two, maybe. And then they maybe grab like a mid tier veteran who wants a ring you know, somebody who goes there for a little bit cheaper than maybe they would somewhere else. I, I think that the pendulum, like if the panic pendulum is going to swing way too far to that side though, because they like we there, we were missing those two offensive tackles. Now, granted, I don't think Fisher is going to be back by the beginning of the season. And I've heard like, maybe he won't play at all. Cause he had, he had Achilles. Is that what he ruptured his Achilles or something like that? Yeah, I think so. So that's a tough one. I mean, to come back, tear it in the postseason. I mean, a year from now, or even nine months from now, put you a month into the year or whatever. So, um, but I, I think people are going to freak out a little bit about this performance a little too much. Um, just based on that, that fact that they, they look so bad because the offensive line just couldn't, couldn't block anybody. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, you brought up a good point about Fisher might not be ready by the beginning of next year, but they're also losing the right tackle. They're Mike Remmers. Um, so they're going to have some offensive line issues this year. So that's definitely going to be something they need to address, which was part of the reason why I didn't think they would invest too much in wide receiver. But I think that it just showed that there was nobody there that even with those offensive linemen out, which was definitely a big factor, the other guys just didn't do anything. And as nice as it is, is to have Hill and Kelsey be your two main guys. And, and there's not a lot of teams that can stop both of them. So I do think you're right that the panic is going to swing too far one direction. I don't think there's a lot of teams out there next year that are going to be able to stop both of them. But if you run into one of those teams, like there's nobody else there to step up. So I think they need to bring in somebody solid. They get their doctor back guy, right? That's on the offensive line. He's a starter for them. Yeah. Um, I have no um, idea what his name is. Lauren T- Duvernay Tardif. It, it's this like huge that. long name. I don't even yeah. know. I just call him the doctor. Um, but <laughs> Well, he wanted to put that on the back of his jersey, but they wouldn't let him. That's lame. If I yeah. ever get to the NFL, they damn well better let me put Esquire on the back. That's all I got. Well, say. that's kind of how what he said. He's like, I'm a doctor. Like, I earned that. Put that on the back. He's like, you got people with like senior and junior and the third and the fourth and Will Fuller the fifth you know, on the back of the jerseys there. And, you know, he can't put doctor on the back. With the little squirrely guys that they have a kicker, it would be like hilarious to see like Sam Smith comma CPA like out <laughs> attempting like extra points or something like that. I'd, I'd pay. I wish they could do that. That'd be a lot of fun. There's absolutely a kicker or a long snapper there who has a CPA license. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of the, yeah it's one of those guys that, like you watch a movie about that they like tried out for whatever team yeah. and they ended up making it and they were you know because they were bored of their office job or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, well, that's enough for the Super Bowl. There, it's enough apologizing on our end here. Um, so we'll hop right into like the the news segment here at the beginning, and it's again it's a little quarterback heavy here, but a little bit different than just you know who's going where. Um, this is some injury news here. Um, so, you know, we had both of the Super Bowl QBs had surgery here this week. Um, Tom Brady, uh, with the, this knee and Mahomes with the foot, um, you know, surgery reportedly went well for Mahomes. He already had his, uh, it was supposed to be out for the off season, but should be back by camp. Um, so I'm assuming this doesn't really affect anything for you, for him. No. Yeah. Literally no, um, no change for me at all. Um, I mean, turf toe is one of those things that, it hurts. It, like yeah. if you've had a toe injury, like it, it hurts really bad. It, it, you get hit like, like you, you can kind of rest it during the week and then you get into a game and it gets hit like one time. And then it just like, you're just like done for the day. So, um, I think that he'll, I mean, you could tell that it was bothering him yeah. in that game. He was, he was limping around. Yeah. And the thing with like the a toe injury with like turf toe. So your big toe, um, is you get so much explosion off of your first toe, like a lot of like your explosive movement and you don't really realize it until you have a toe injury. A lot of that comes from your, from your first uh, toe there, your your big toe. So, you know, that's definitely something that's limiting, but yeah, I don't think it's anything that's going to impact anything. Um, He should be back for camp. He should be fine. And even if he's not, it's Mahomes. I don't think he needs a full camp. No. Yeah. Because his top weapons are all back. It's not like he has to get used to a lot of new guys. So yeah. And then the, you know, the other one, obviously there was, um, Tom Brady. Um, you know, do you have any, any consider or concerns there on his front? The only thing I have to say about Tom Brady is that I thought those clips of him just absolutely blacked out after the Super Bowl were some of the best 
eclipse I've seen in a long time. I'm 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 starting to like not completely hate Tom Brady, which I don't like. I wish he would stop being so likable uh, between him and Gronk, like always broing out. And then now like him just being totally just messed up on that boat. Um, it's, it's annoying. He needs to stop it. <laughs> yeah. I think getting him out of new England, like let him open up a little bit. And yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't, I still don't love him. Um, Cause I'm a Falcons fan. So obviously I don't love the bucks. Um, it's hard to hate the bucks. You know, they're, they're, they're kind of like the Bengals for you where like, you don't love them, but you know, you don't really hate them. They're not really much of a, they haven't been much of a threat until this year, which they just, you know, obviously looked way better than the Falcons with Brady and the, the Falcons tanked miserably. But so I don't love him on the Bucks. I don't love the Bucks, but yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I like him seeing his personality here a little bit, seeing him in some commercials. You know, I think it's good for the league overall. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, I, don't know. I was rooting for Kansas City. I'm I'm just a little bummed out. Um, I like seeing you know Mahomes just kind of write his own story because I feel like Tom Brady, you know, his story's still writing, but at this point, like it's you know he's on like Harry Potter book seven. <laughs> like I like I'm already kind of done with the series. I want to see like the you know the second book of Mahomes' career or whatever. So you're done with the Harry Potter series by book seven. That's a lie. I love Harry Potter. I mean, I oh, used to get all the books at midnight. I used to see all the movies at I midnight. Was gonna say, um, I, was I guess gonna I could say, say like, well, I haven't, I haven't like watched any of the new Harry Potter movies, like the, the Fantastic Beasts. So maybe that's the part of the career Tom Brady's career we're at. Tom Brady's on Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and I just don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> and you know, Mahomes is on you know book, book two of Lord of the Rings or something, and I'm, I'm just starting to get into that. Yeah, I was gonna say, and I, I was thought you were a big uh, Harry Potter guy. I know one of your big sayings was, "You're such a Hufflepuff." That was one of yours, right? That was not a big saying. I mean, I may have called you that one time, but you, you, Evan, and Colby would call people Hufflepuffs all the time. Okay, we're not. You're, right. you're not driving anymore. You're done with this. All right, I pull the car over. I let you hop. <laughs> you take the wheel. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we'll move into the last injury news here. Then um, that's Matt Stafford, uh, reportedly dealt with a whole litany of injuries here this year. Um, the partially torn UCL in his right thumb, he tore his UCL in his left elbow. And yes, you have a, a UCL ulnar collateral ligament in both your thumb and your elbow. I was wondering that. So thank you for yeah. clearing that up for me. Yeah. So they're ulnar collateral ligament. Um, you have one in your thumb and your, and your elbow as well. The one in your thumb um, so a UCL injury in your thumb is called like a skier's thumb. So it's kind of like when you jam your thumb using skiing poles. Um, and then the one in your elbow is Tommy John, like you hear all the time, all the people talk about with pitchers and stuff. So I, why they named them both at the UCL, I, I don't really know, but you know, there's a lot of stuff with medical naming that doesn't always make sense. Um, I, yeah, but, I'm not, a, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> yeah. And, and I only know like very, very little amount. Um, but because I went to, for anybody who doesn't know, I, I went to uh, PT school for a little while. Didn't work out onto a different career path. But so I know a little bit here. But um, also, he had uh, broken ribs, tore something in the back of his left knee. And that's in a quote from him. I don't really know what he tore in the back of his left knee that's super vague. Um, and then he had a, an ankle sprain, um, which was just like your classic basketball type ankle injury. Um, so is there, is this whole litany of injuries here? Is that concerning at all for you as these injuries pile up over the years for him? 
UCL would be worrying if it was in his throwing arm, which it is not. Um, I did see one of like the big doctor people on Twitter the other day saying that um, it's not necessarily a good idea to let that heal by itself. Like it doesn't generally work out super well. I don't know if you have any comments on that particular uh, item, but I mean, regardless, non-throwing arm, you got to figure that that that's something that even if he has to, you know, brace it up a little bit, that's not a huge concern. Really, the only one that concerns me is the whatever he tore in the back of his knee, which like a just sounds like not that good, but apparently wasn't that big of an issue. I don't know. I I like him a lot. I the, the worry for me is that the Rams' offensive line, like I know they they were better this year than they have been, but they're still not you know this elite unit. If he had gone somewhere that has like this great offensive line this offseason, then it would like not even be a blip on my radar. So it concerns me like ten percent. You know, like on twenty percent, like a scale of ten, one to ten, it's like a two for me, because um, he's he's young enough, and I think that he like I'm not worried beyond three or four years. So if he gives me three or four, well, I guess he's only under contract for two years. There is that correct? I think. Yeah, I think so. So I mean, if he gives me two great years with the Rams, and then I have to say goodbye, you know, that's it's like adopting an older dog at the shelter. You know, if I get two years with him, and they're two beautiful years that I will really cherish and remember for forever, and he wins me a lot of money. Uh, that, I think I lost the dog analogy at that point, but that's okay. Yeah, I was say, that's kind of, so. you started out kind of dark with that actually. Yeah. So <laughs> kind of old yeller stuff over here. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm kind of with you there, but it is starting to worry me. I mean, 32 isn't young. Um, it's not old, but it's not young. And then he broke something in his back last year. So, you know, he had injuries earlier in his career too. He had the shoulder issues for, you know, that kind of lingered for a year or two. Um, then he was fine for a while. And then, you know, his back last year, some injuries piling up this year. So it is starting to worry me a little bit. And I honestly might look to move him right now on the back of all of this hype for him going to the Rams. I don't know if his value is ever going to be higher. I think you could still get, like you said, do two, three really solid years for him. You know, but I don't know. I, I might start to explore moving him right now. I got him for very fair value in that that one league that we're in. That's like ninety six teams, eight copies. I traded Deontay Johnson for him, and I felt like, and, and even like as time goes on, like with you know him getting traded now and and Ben possibly retiring, like I still think that's like like almost like perfect value. I was very very happy with it at the time, and I think I'm still pretty happy with it, um, even as a Steelers fan. Like so, yeah. Yeah, well, no, and the thing with that league, too, uh, 96 teams, eight copies, so, like, you know, it's heavy, but you have a lot of trade partners there. But with the way the settings worked out, like, I noticed that QB was pretty uh, was pretty important in that. Um, so, yeah, I think that was a good call getting him. I ended up trading for Brady in, in that year, too. Um, now, that was more – I was rebuilding a little bit, and Brady was just kind of like a throw-in in a deal. Uh, but, you know, I'm I'm still happy with him. I think it was a quick retool in that one too. So I think I'll be ready to play next year with Brady, compete next year with Brady. Said he wants to play till he's 50 or 48 or whatever. So, I mean, yeah. At what point do we stop saying Tom Brady's going to be bad next year? I don't know. But I guess you have to say it every offseason. So then when he is bad, then you, then you look smart. Yeah. I mean, if you just keep throwing a handful of darts at that every time, you're going to be right one of these times. Yeah. You're going to hit something. I've been banking. I've been saying it for six years now, so I think I, I'm getting closer. I can feel it. It just yeah. hasn't gotten there yet. <laughs> uh, well, and then we'll move on to our last uh, QB-related news here. 
And that is that Russ wants to cook. Uh, you know, he's telling Seattle that he really wants to, to have more say. He wants more control. And, you know, is he going to look to take that uh, to another kitchen? I mean, what do you think on that one? Um, I mean, I don't think he's going to leave. I don't think there's really any chance of that. Um, I, I don't know what to make of Seattle's offense because I think they just keep making really stupid offensive coordinator hires. Like, I don't know why, I don't know why so many of these franchises, like I get that, you know, because I've said this line a bunch of times before, like, like I root for the team. I don't root for the players. So generally like I'm, you know, people say, well, why do you want the, why don't you want the, the players to make as much money as they can from your team? Well, cause I'm a Steelers fan. I'm not a, you know, a, a Alejandro Villanueva fan or, you know, like I'm th- trying to think of guys that are free agents this offseason. So yeah, I mean, so I, like I, I, I root for the team before the players. But I don't, so I don't know why these teams, though, won't sit down with these quarterbacks like you see Houston doing now and Dallas doing that, like not doing now, where all they want is a little bit of input. And for you yeah. to maybe say, you know, we've got these three guys, do you prefer any of them? Now, maybe they are doing that, and they're just giving Russ really shitty decisions, and he's, like, choosing the <laughs> least bad of the three. I don't – we don't know that. But, like, for, for being this important guy that you're investing $40 million, you know, 20%, 25% of your cap, there should be more – I'm not saying that you they sit there in the interviews, but there should be a little more input, a little more communication there. And I feel like Seattle is another one of those teams that just has not done that correctly over the past several years. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely with you there. I mean, I, the quarterbacks, especially when you have a really good quarterback like Russ or like Deshaun, that, you know, they are – the type of a quarterback that can win you a game by themselves. They can elevate everybody else around them. They're a face of the franchise type guy. They are a 10 plus year high level NFL starter. You know, I think you got to give them some input, give them something. Don't treat them like this low level employee. I mean, if you think of the NFL team, like a business and I get that you want to have, you know, the corporate structure there, but at least treat that quarterback like a mid-level manager or something, you know, don't treat him like just some base level employee. Don't treat him like your punter. No, I mean, I, yeah, I completely agree. I like you di- you're dipping into the analogy pool with me here tonight. I think this is going to be a good show. I, I, <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. I pulled a little bit of, uh, you know, like to pull a little bit of hosting from a couple different people. Um, you know, so I figured I'd take that from you. You're always pretty spot on with the analogies. I try. I try. Um, so, all right. Well, let's uh, let's get into the big meat of the show here, uh, and that is a free agency preview. You know, with the season finally wrapping up here, um, you know, it's kind of a dead period with everything else going on. There's not really a lot in the way of rookies outside of Trevor Lawrence having his pro day or workout day you know, where he looked great, you know, that's really the only thing going on there, but I don't think that's newsworthy. I mean, it's Trevor Lawrence. If he looked great. Let's move on. And what do we else do we expect? Um, so I think the big news here is just kind of prepping for free agency. Um, so yeah, well, let's, uh, let's just start off with quarterback, you know, most important position. And, you know, it's a guy that you had mentioned just a minute or two ago here. So why don't you start us off here with this one? Oh, so Dak Prescott. And when we were drafting up, you know, who we were going to talk about here tonight, we we were going back and forth and we were saying like, well, let's not talk about that guy because he's probably going back. Like he's a free agent in name only. 
You know, like we, there were a bunch of guys that we kind of discussed back and forth about that. And I initially thought that about Dak. And then I just keep thinking about all the news year out of Dallas where they just uh, sound incompetent over and over and over again. And I'm just like, well, maybe, maybe they are going to let him go. Like maybe they are going to somehow screw this up. Um, I, I struggle to how anybody in that front office could possibly look at what happened last year, the first couple of games where they had Dak and they were really good. And Dak was leading the league in like every single category. And then Dak went down and all of a sudden you suck. Like maybe let's put two and two together, somebody there in that front office and make four. And then let's cut, let's make a decision here on a contract because I mean, he's young. He's going to be 28 next year. That's still plenty of life for a quarterback. Um, you can say, you know, the injury hurts him as a scrambler, but I don't think he's just a scrambler. I think he showed last year that he's very much a pocket presence as well as a, a runner. And I think at a lot of times last year, and this is what really, I think, elevated him last year, he was pass first over run first um, for, or at least, you know, pass first and really didn't want to run unless he had to. And I think that was the first time in his career where I could confidently say that about when I was watching him. Um, I mean, I, so I, you know, is there a chance that the thing about it is like with the cap this offseason, a lot of these guys that want to get paid big, there's not a lot of teams that can pay them big. So I'm not, you know, the, the landing spots are a little more limited maybe than they would be in a normal offseason. I still think he probably goes back to Dallas at the end of the day, but there's just no reason to make this more acrimonious than it needs to be. Dallas just needs to, you know, what do you want? You know, forty million dollars a year. Okay, um, you know that. Like, let's basically give him that. Yeah, well, I mean, Spotrack um, or Spotrack. I'm not sure exactly how you say that one, but they have his market value listed right now at thirty six point eight mil, uh, which is there. And I'm not exactly sure how they calculate that, but they have him ranked as the third highest quarterback at a market value, and I think that's you know pretty much spot on. You know, so I mean, maybe forty. I think. There was rumors that he would want it about 40 from the Cowboys, I believe. So I don't know if with the way that the year is breaking down with the cap situation, because this is like the one year where they're actually expecting the cap to go down. And I know the cap is a lot of people say the cap is a myth and that, you know, you can kind of work around it. And I think that's the case in most situations. But this year, I think you're going to see that start to come due for a lot of teams. This is going to impact some teams this year. And I think it'll be short term. You know, I think next year, uh, after you know, after this year, it's going to rise back up. You know, probably, you know, you would expect. So, you know, maybe they can get creative with a contract here. But Dallas has the cap that they can bring him back. You know, they're 13th overall. They're 27 million in cap room, so you can get creative. I think they need to re-sign him, like you were saying. I think he is. He's my quarterback three for fantasy. Um, you know, just based on what he did this past year, I mean, through, yes, through five games, small sample size, but he was the quarterback one in, in points per game. Uh, and he was the QB 33 overall, and he only played five games. So he was on a torrid pace this year. So, and then they have the Amari Cooper, they have CD lamb, they're probably losing Gallup, but I think he's replaceable. They have, uh, Cedric Wilson's a guy that I like there. Um, they had Blake Jarwin go down early this year, who was kind of somebody people were hyping up as a tight end sleeper, but Dalton Schultz stepped up nicely. So they have two decent options at tight end. So they have weapons for him and then Zeke in the backfield. So I think that offense could be really dangerous. You know, if they get some better O-line play, bring him back. And I think they're the, it's them in Washington in the, uh, 
in the NFC East. And with that offense, I might lean, you know, I might give Dallas the edge there. It just seems like over the past couple of years, Dallas has made literally every single incorrect um, decision that you could with all of like their big name guys. You know, they re-signed Jalen Smith. They gave Zeke that huge contract and then they've let like Byron Jones walk. They've completely messed up this situation with, um, with Dak. So I, I don't ever really count on Jerry Jones and like doing this, the making the best decision at this point, which is totally shocking because of how he was lauded for that for years. I don't know if times have just passed him by. Like, I, I really don't know. I don't know if he's just desperate for a Super Bowl at this point and he's kind of jumping at the first thing he, that moves every single time. I don't really know. Um, and I don't even like, I, I don't, I don't like the Cowboys, but I don't hate them. Like my parents do. I mean, I grew up, I think everybody, I'm a huge Steelers fan. I grew up in a Steelers fan house. My dad hates the Cowboys because that was like the Steelers big rival or one of them, you know, back in the seventies played him in a couple of different Super Bowls, and then even played him in 95 in the Super Bowl. I was three. I had, you know, I, <laughs> I had no idea about anything at that point in time. So, um, they've been largely irrelevant, uh, for the large portion of my, my adult life. Um, so I like, you know, this isn't coming from you here as Steelers fan. You say, oh, well, he just hates the Cowboys. I don't hate the Cowboys. I think football is better when they're when they're good. And I like Dak Prescott. Um, so I, I hope for his sake that the Cowboys uh, finally make some some smart decisions here and, and end up bringing him back. So if they don't bring him back, uh, is there any landing spot that you think you would really like him in any realistic landing spot? Yeah, I don't have any of like the stuff here in front of me because that's the other thing. Like the teams, and naturally, I mean, this is how it should be. If it's the opposite way around, um, there's some wonky stuff going on. But I think all the teams that have a ton of cap space have like pick one or pick two, so you can go and get your cheap option at that position. That you know, and Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are both uh, very good. Or Zach Wilson. Sorry, I think Felix is still watching this possibly. <laughs> um, or Zach Wilson. Like those, those are good enough quarterback prospects that I don't think you want to go spend 40 million on a guy when you can get a cost controlled player for four or five years and, um, and kind of reinforce it other positions. If I had to put him in one spot, um, I mean, I think the, the jets would be a great place for him to be honest. Um, and if I like, I, I wish Philly had cap space. I think Philly would be a great spot for him. Obviously, yeah. you know, that there's <laughs> ulterior motives there for me thinking that would be hilarious, but <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you there. I think the jets would be a very interesting landing spot. They do have a ton of cap room, so they could definitely bring him in, but you brought up a good point. Like that they, I feel like the jets are a team where they just kind of need to hit the reset button. Um, you know, Darnold, I think could be still a very serviceable quarterback anywhere outside of the jets. If he's still with the jets, if they decide that they want to give him another year and just take somebody else at the top of the draft here, I'm pretty much out on Darnold. Um, but if, you know, they move him, then I'm interested. I think the one other landing spot that could be really interesting, and this is the team that's been really tied to like any quarterback prospect is the Colts. You know, they are quarterback away from being a really, really good team and they have a ton of cap space. So I, that, but again, that was the team that's really tied to everybody. Uh, every, every quarterback that's out there, every rumor they're, they're linking them to him. You know, I've heard Wentz linked there. You heard Stafford there before he got moved. So, and I think you're going to continue to hear that, but that I, I like that landing spot too, for them, because, you know, he does, it doesn't need to be, 
he's the type of quarterback that can really elevate a team, uh, I think, but he doesn't need to do that in Indy. I think there's a solid enough team around him that he would be able to really succeed there and, you know, give him one other weapon. I like Pittman. Um, I like Paris Campbell. I know you're not a huge fan of him, uh, but give him one other weapon there. And I think that that's a really dangerous offense. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Um, so there's one other quarterback that I have on here that I want to talk about. And then after that, you know, there's some other guys, there's Dalton's a free agent, but how much do we care about that? You know, Cam Newton, same situation. I don't really know how much I care where he's going. He looked kind of done this year to me. Um, the one guy that I do want to talk about though, that's a free agent is Mitch Trubisky. And, I think all signs do point to him probably going back to Chicago on a cheap deal to compete to be the starter. But one landing spot that's really interesting for me, for him, would be San Francisco. And San Francisco is the team that traded back one spot in that draft, in the 2017 draft, traded back one spot. They let Chicago take Trubisky and they pick up two thirds and a fourth there. And then watch them just turn around and sign him for a one year prove it deal and him actually be able to succeed there. I think that would just be hilarious. But the reason I think he actually potentially could succeed there is just because of Kyle Shanahan's offense. I mean, they, they feature the play action very heavily and Trubisky was the number five quarterback in play action completion percentage this year, according to player profiler. Um, and he was number three in pressure completion percentage. He was the number one quarterback in his class, according to PFF, in pressure completion percentage. So he just throws, just seems to throw better on the move. And I think that that's what San Francisco would do with him. You know, they like to use their athletic linemen. They move the pocket around. They like to use their quarterback to get him out in space on some bootlegs, like to get him away from the rush. Um, there was this really good uh, video that I was watching on Sports Illustrated where Sage Rosenfels, uh, who he played for Kyle Shanahan in Houston for a couple of years, uh, was breaking down Shanahan's offense. And it was a really interesting video. Uh, and that's actually what made me think, man, Trubisky actually might might be able to do something there. Because um, they like to get the ball out pretty quickly too to those playmakers like Ayuk, Samuel, Kittle, and let them make a play. And Trubisky, that's pretty much what he did well at UNC. It was just that quicker hitting, short to intermediate thing, you know, passing game. Um yeah, when he has to actually like make a real NFL throw, I think that's really when you see him struggle. But if you can hide him, like I think San Francisco could, and then use his athleticism, I think he could be really solid there. Yeah, that Trubisky is the other guy I highlighted in my notes here. I don't think we had discussed that beforehand, so that's that's interesting. Um, he's still only twenty six years old. Like yeah. that's the big thing with him. There's still a lot of years there, and I think we get spoiled now because a lot of these rookies come in more prepared for the NFL at all positions. Um, because I think just, you know, high school has become more professional than it ever has been between, you know, all the camp circuits and everything like that. You know, the seven on sevens, the different workouts, you know, these kids are more ready for college and then in turn more ready for the NFL coming out. So I think we get spoiled um, with some of these guys coming in and just crushing their first years. But we forget that, you know, Peyton Manning was bad his first couple years. You know, the, Tom Brady, like, w- didn't do much to win those Super Bowls his first couple years. He basically was was good enough to not mess up. There, so There's a lot of great players that just weren't great. Uh, you Drew know, Brees. rookie year, second year. Yeah, Drew Brees. I mean, he didn't really blossom until he left San Diego. Um, so... I, I'm still like we hate Trubisky and Goff both. I think people 
are killing when there's still something there, in my opinion. Now, I'm not going to go out. I'm not like actively <laughs> trying to just, you know, pay a bunch of, you know, whatever to acquire these guys in leagues. But if the opportunity arises to snag some of them, yeah, I, I, I think that the upside is there um, to, to really gain some nice value. Yeah, I'm with you. I actually went out in the one league that we're in, the one uh, salary cap league. Uh, I went out and got, um, and thank you, Dave Patterson there. Um, I, I agree. I think Trubisky is a better fit in San Francisco than Jimmy G. I think he would be fine in that offense. Um, but yeah, I went out and got Trubisky in our salary cap league there. Um, uh, the main thing I was trying to pick up was a Debbie first in that deal, which is I accomplished that. Um, but you know, I wanted to pick up Trubisky there in that deal as well. You know, he's not on a great salary in that league, but I thought his value was super low. And at that point, Nick Foles was still starting. So Trubisky came back in, started a couple games, did okay. But you know, I wanted to pick him up while his value was cheap. And I think you're still gonna see a lot of people who just could have completely written him off. And I don't I'm not ready to do that yet either. The only other quarterback um, that I just want to say like a quick word on is Cam Newton, because I see some people still on social media clinging to him and they tend, they tend to be people that are Panthers fans. And I get it because Cam Newton gave you some really, really good years and you took to do a Super Bowl um, and is very much a beloved figure in that city. So I get it, but I don't know how anybody could have watched uh, New England last year. And yes, I realized that the weapons there weren't great and that the line was a little bit depleted. Um, but I don't know how anybody could have watched Cam Newton last year and said, yeah, Cam Newton looks like he still has a couple years left in this <laughs> league. His arm looks pretty much shot. He cannot move like he used to. Cam Newton is total fool's gold. If you have him and anybody's willing to pay anything for him in leagues this offseason, I would happily sell him for whatever I can get because I think no matter where he ends up next year, unless I mean, maybe if he goes to the Colts for cheap and then they just surround him with even more stuff, then maybe that masks a little bit. But I, I just don't really see anything else there with him. And I feel bad saying it because I, I, I do like Cam Newton um, or and have for most of his career. Um, the, the, the clothing or a couple of his outfits, I'm not a huge <laughs> fan of. But, uh, you know, overall, I, I really like the guy. And um, I'm just it's disappointing to see uh, uh, when a player hits that point where they, they just fall off a cliff. And Cam Newton is, has done that, unfortunately. Yeah, it's it's always sad to see somebody fall off a cliff that sharply. Um, but yeah, I'm with you there. I think I'm pretty much out on him as well. Um, so let's move on to the running back position there. Uh, we talked a little bit Leonard Fournette in the last show in the Super Bowl preview. So I don't think we need to spend a ton of time on him there. Um, you know, like, like I mentioned on that show, he's my uh, running back 26, uh, in my rankings that could definitely change, uh, based on his landing spot. Uh, cause this year he was in a pretty much dead even timeshare with Ronald Jones. Um, he had a 47.4% snap share rating. So I think it's pretty understandable that he was only the RB 39 on the year. Uh, but, you know, he showed what he, what you like to see from him. You know, he had a couple big games and then he also caught 36 passes this year in that type of a timeshare. Um, and then he had 76 last year. So I think both of those two years show that he can still catch the ball. Um, so, I mean, I'm still interested in him as, you know, depending on where he goes, uh, I think he could still be a featured back. Um, I don't think he's going to cost you too much right now. Uh, I think if he went to Seattle, that would be fantastic, but I don't really know if they're going to be able to do that one. Um, is there any 
landing spot that you would like to see Fournette in, or are you just kind of? I, I think he's. Lo- I think you're lower on him in your rankings than I am. Correct. I am by a few spots just because I don't know where he's going to land. You know, a very good landing spot could potentially bump him up a couple spots. I have him right around like some. I have him at thirty. Uh, or I have him at 31, right around like Naheem Hines. I have in that. I have at 30. Um, I have, I'm trying to look real quick. It's sorted by your rankings right now. So I'm uh, oh, you're trying to sort, sort of, by my rankings. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm trying to like look here real quick. Oh, wow. We're very different um, in terms of what we got at some of these guys. But yeah, like I, I have him in that range. Yeah. I don't think at this point he's a feature back. I don't. Um, I think that he's a 1A, 1B type guy, like a Melvin Gordon is at his point in his career. And I only have Melvin Gordon a couple spots ahead of him um, just because I thought he looked a little better this offseason. I don't don't know if I necessarily have a really good landing spot for him. Um, I think back at Tampa might be the best spot for him, to be honest. Him and Rojo just roll it back. I mean, they have Keyshawn Vaughn, but then they don't really have that much else in that roster at that position. Um, I know Tampa has a lot of other pressing needs this offseason, though, so I'm not sure if that'll happen or not. I honestly think that Houston would be a really good spot, too, but they yeah. already, I mean, because you have David Johnson and Duke Johnson, and then, like, not a lot else, yeah. and neither of them are really similar backs to him, but uh, they've already invested so much at that position that I don't know if they'll be willing to invest more. Well, I mean, when you, anytime you can pay, you know, three running backs and, you know, just <laughs> upset your quarterback even more, I mean, I think you got to do it, right? Yeah. You just bring yeah. in Leonard Fournette. That's the exact type of weapon that Deshaun Watson's going to love. He needs that weapon there. Um, I think that's exactly what's going to mend the fences there for, for him and bring Watson back into the fold. Yeah, for, for good old pastor GM there. That's uh, <laughs> who, who knew the clergy loved running backs? I guess they're not, uh, you know, zero <laughs> RB guys. I, I don't know. That, that might not have reached seminary yet. <laughs> um, all right, so I think that was enough time we spent on Fournette there. Um our next guy here is a guy who's probably near and dear to your heart. Um, so I'll let you, uh, I'll let you take, take the reins on this one. Um, I guess I have my order in my notes cause I'm assuming you're not talking about Kenyon Drake. I'm assuming you're talking about James <laughs> Connor. <laughs> you're not a huge Ke- Kenyon Drake fan. You know what? I, I am not surprisingly uh, second favorite Drake after singer Drake. Um, but Oof. Yeah, I know. That's that's my definitive list of Drakes. Oh, well, actually, no. Drake from Drake and Josh is probably yeah. above him, too. Oh, that, um, that's pro- that could be problematic now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I'm assuming you're talking about James Conner. Yeah. Yes. Um, who, yeah, I'm a huge Pitt fan. I'm a huge Steelers fan. So I've had the, the pleasure of being able to watch and root for James Conner throughout his entire career. I would have regardless, um, just because of everything that he went through in college. Um, he's washed. He's washed, and I feel so bad saying that, but he never was quite the same player he was before his cancer, and I think you know his his the the clock for him started ticking a little earlier than some other guys, and and maybe accelerated a little bit because of that. Um, he only averaged what like four point three yards a carry this year. That honestly seems higher than I remember it being. Six touchdowns. And the thing about him is like Pittsburgh can't like I think his best chance to be relevant still would have would have been to stay in Pittsburgh. But unless he just takes like the absolute minimum, I don't think Pittsburgh can afford him, even with all these guys retiring right now. And even if Ben retires, I still don't think that that's something that they can necessarily afford to do. I don't think any other team is going to bring him in to really, you know, be anything super significant for them in their backfield. So 
this could be the end of James Conner. And if it is, I will probably have a very, um, uh, very nice, hopefully genuine uh, parting shot over on Debbie Debate uh, going out to him because he is a guy that I've, like I said, I've just, uh, he's always been a class guy, you know, and it's the kind of guy that you want to root for. Yeah, de- I definitely agree with that. Always the type of guy that you want to root for there. He's, you know, obviously great story there, um, you know, beating cancer, coming back, you know, making it in the NFL. Um, just to make it in the NFL in general is a great story, but you know, everything else that he went through too. Um, and then he's, you know, local kid and stays home from Pitt university stays in Pittsburgh, absolutely beloved by that city. But, you know, I think you're right. Did you you just say Pitt university? Maybe, I don't know. Pittsburgh university. I'm sorry. Sorry. uh, H2P. Is that better? That's better. (laughs) um no but i think i think you're right i think he's pretty much washed there um and it's unfortunate you know only 25 years old but he just struggles to stay healthy you know he only played 13 games this year he's played 10 last year um and then with the steelers having too many other needs i do think he's gone um so you know is there anywhere that he would go that you would be interested in his value or are you just completely fading altogether no, I don't have him in any leagues. Actually, he's a, he's one of those rare guys that you know. I play in twelve leagues, and I just don't have him anywhere. And I I won't buy him anywhere. I mean, I guess if somebody dropped him, I'd go pick him up. But I don't uh, I don't see that much left in the tank there. He's I mean, just his playing style is not conducive to playing that long either. With that kind of stiffer, a little more of an upright running style. Um, so it is what it is. It's it. There's a lot of those guys kind of leaving the Steelers this off season. It's a very sad off season for me. Um, but what are you gonna do? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you there. There's not really anywhere that I would be interested in him going. Um, I know in, in the one league that we're in together, the, the guy who has Connor just keeps trying to pawn him off on me in a deal. Like I'm going to just accept it. And you know exactly who, we're, who I'm talking about too. Does, um, does he know about like our pod or anything? Trav? I, I don't, I don't know if he does. Um, yeah, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't mentioned it to him directly. So I don't know. I don't know if he listens. If he does, he didn't submit a jersey uh, or he didn't submit a review. He's never mentioned it. Doesn't follow us on Twitter or anything. Um, but yeah, so I mean, he keeps he keeps just trying to bombard me with trades for him. Like I don't realize that I, he's washed. Um, <laughs> so I'm pretty much out on him. Uh, but we'll move on to the next guy here that uh, that you already teased a little bit, Kenyon Drake. Um, he is my RB thirty six, which. Seems a little bit low given that he was the RB12 this year and he was the RB18 last year. But I just, I don't necessarily see him as like a, uh, as, as a lead back. I mean, he, maybe he's a 1A in a committee, but I just, I don't know. I, I think he's just mostly a pass catching kind of a back. And, you know, he had, uh, he had 50 catches, 50 catches last year, only had 25 this year, which was a little bit disappointing, but that's more the role that I think I see him in. Um, now he did actually have a lot of carries this year, which is kind of surprising. Um, he, he was seventh most in the league in carries. So, you know, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I see him being more of like just a pass catching back. And then is there anywhere that he would go that we actually like more than Arizona? No, and that's the thing. I don't think that anybody that signs him wants him to be anything more than a pass catching back. I yeah. agree with you there, hundred percent. So I think yeah, you definitely hit the nail right in the head with that. Yeah. So and you know he if he goes back to Arizona, you know I think he could put up back end 
or maybe not back into RB1, probably closer to RB2 numbers, um, which is fine. But, you know, he's 27 years old, so I think he's going to hit that cliff here soon. You know, you like running backs, um, you know, they tend to just fade right around that age. So, you know, I don't necessarily see him back in Arizona. I think they'll probably hand the reins off to Edmonds. They, that front office and Cliff don't really value running back all that highly. So I can't see them giving him a ton. Um, I think you can kind of plug in a pass catching back there. Yeah. Maybe draft somebody this year, but you know, I don't, I don't necessarily see him back in Arizona. And then, like you said, anybody else that he goes to, I think he's going to be strictly a pass catching back, which can be a productive role, but you know, I don't think his value is going to go up for me. So, you know, I'm pretty much out on him. Um, especially cause I said he's 27 years old. Uh, but you know, bring in to the, the last guy here that we'll talk about. And this was a guy that you had just added onto the show sheet here. I didn't have anything planned to necessarily talk about him. Um, spe- you know, I wasn't going to bring him up at all, but you know, you put in about Frank Gore. So I'll let you, uh, I'll let you take that one. Oh, I just wrote, can Frank Gore continue to hold on? Um, <laughs> and I don't know, like if there's any off, like last year, last year he was able to bamboozle, Adam Gase into giving him a job. I don't know if there's like an, anybody else out there that's dumb enough to to bring him in. I don't. I don't think he adds anything anymore. You know, like I he okay fine. Like people are like, well, he still gets three to four yards consistently on every carry. Like I guess that's moderately valuable, but there's literally zero upside beyond that. I don't know how many situations the team is in that often where they're like, you know, oh, this guy's going to get me three yards on this carry. I really, really need that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's just not something that I'm necessarily thinking about. I'd rather try to develop somebody younger than go after him. I know he said that he wants to try to play till his son's in the league, and his son is going to be a uh, second-year guy at, what, Southern Miss, I believe. Um, So I think he tries. I'm not sure anybody gives him the time of day. Yeah, I wouldn't if I'm an NFL team, but you never know. Some NFL owners and GMs don't make great decisions like we've seen in the past. So, you know, maybe they'll bring him around for nostalgia stake or something, but yeah, I'm pretty much out on him too. So I don't think we need to spend too much time analyzing him there. I just saw you put him on the show sheet there. So I wanted to let you take that one away. Um, And then, you know, we already a wide receiver. We already talked Godwin uh, in the last episode too. I think he probably goes back to Tampa. You seemed to think that they were going to bring a B back. Um, you know, so we, we talked about that a little bit already. So I don't think we need to spend too much more time on that. Um, so I'll let you take it away here on this next guy as well. Cause I know he is a guy who is near and dear to your heart as well. And I mean, I can't talk anymore about a Penn state guy. You know, I want to hear you talk about him. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, it's Allen Robinson, and I just love hearing you talk about Penn State. Guys. I knew you were going to make me do this. I hate you so much. Right <laughs> now. Of course, we led with Godwin and Robinson, two of two Penn State guys. Yeah, um, naturally. So, I, I yeah, I just want to see Allen Robinson go somewhere like that. Finally, is going to give him the quarterback that he deserves. Um, but I, I am actually a little bit split on it when I think about it because I do think he's benefited the last couple of years from being the only guy really with um, – you know, like in that offense to really catch a pass. I mean, I know, I know we kind of like Darnell Mooney. We kind of like Anthony Miller. Um, there's like this weird cult following around Cole Komet, but I don't think people actually think he's like good. Like I think it's more of a joke than people actually think he's good. 
So that situation was perfect for him to just get bombarded with targets. He had 151 targets this past year, had 154 the year before that. Um, you know, if he goes to a more prolific offense, I'm not sure necessarily he gets that same target share. Now, obviously, the hope is that maybe there's some more catchable passes and, the, you know, his touchdown rate might go up a little bit more just uh, out of, you know, more chances in the red zone and things like that. Um, so I, I don't necessarily know. I mean, I know people talk about Green Bay. I can't see him going there. I think if he goes to a team, it'll be like the, like the, well, he won't go back to Jacksonville, like the Jets or Miami, like a team like that that really could use an alpha to round out what they already have there. And I think he would actually basically complete both of those wide receiver rooms more or less. Um, so I, I mean, I have him, what do I have Matt, in my wide receiver rankings here? Let's see. I have him as wide receiver 14, which seems low until you like look at some of the guys ahead of him and you're like, yeah, I can't really put him ahead in any of those guys. But I think he still has a couple of wide receiver one seasons left in him. If he goes to the right place, I just hope that he makes the correct decision. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I have him as my wide receiver 16, and I feel like that's too low for him. Like I like Allen Robinson a lot. I really do. And I, I'm with you. I think he's got a couple wide receiver one years in him, you know, left, especially if he goes to a really good landing spot. Uh, but I just look at the guys that I have ahead of him and I just can't really bring myself to move him up. Um, a wide receiver is such a difficult position this year uh, to, to really evaluate these guys. It's, it's really difficult for me. Um, I mean, I have I have him ranked at 16, like I said, and then I have um, T. Higgins right there. I have Amari Cooper. So, you know, I just I don't know. I, I like those guys a little bit more than a Rob. Um, so I, I just I have a hard time bringing him up up in the rankings, but I still like him a lot. So I'm still definitely interested in him and picking him up somewhere. Um, is there any landing spot that you'd love to see him in? I know you mentioned the Jets in Miami, but you know, let's throw cap situation out. Is is there somewhere you'd really like to see him go? Pittsburgh. <laughs> fair. That's I think a fair he's a good point. player. Um, I don't know. Like, I think he'd be really good. I think he'd be awesome in Arizona, but I don't think they want to spend any more on wide receiver, at least yeah. you know, monetarily than they already have. I think he'd be really good in um I mean I think he'd be I think he'd be really good with Dak but to be honest you know obviously again they have a lot of other guys there I don't think they're going to spend any money um I think he'd be good on the Colts actually I think the Colts would be an intriguing spot for him as well where they really need a guy like him like they don't really have anybody else in their roster that profiles similarly to him I mean I guess Zach Pascal but if Zach Pascal is you know in the back of your mind when you're trying to decide whether you should sign a rob or not maybe you probably shouldn't have a, a job in a front office with an nfl <laughs> team so yeah i'm with you there actually I'm, indy was my pick too um obviously it's going to depend on who they bring in a quarterback it could i don't see it necessarily getting any worse than Foles, trubisky at least in that offense there um you know Brissett is probably right around that level of a quarterback and then i think they're going to work pretty hard to bring somebody in so I, I th Indy was my pick too. So I was glad you brought them up. Um, but uh, we'll move on here to the next guy. And that's uh, Juju Smith Schuster. I know he's a Pittsburgh guy, but um, you know, obviously he, we, we, he's, it's pretty much assumed that he's gone. It's, it's not, 
it's not finalized yet because obviously his free agent hasn't happened, but it's pretty much the writing's on the wall there that he's going to be gone. Um, they have the cap issues. They have Deontay already. They have Claypool there too. James Washington's a very capable number three wide receiver. So I think it's pretty much assumed that he's gone. You got to assume that he's going to look for a bigger money deal somewhere. And I like Juju like a lot as a personality too. You know, and I've heard people say that he's just going to move to a big city and chase a payday. I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing. Uh, you know, people seem to say that as a negative. Um, you know, I think you know he needs to go get paid while he can. So you know, I think he's a smart enough guy to realize that too. So I think he is going to go somewhere. And you know, big market team in the need of a wide receiver that would fit a skill set there. Why not bring him back to the Jets? And that's something you'll probably see a decent amount there because they do have a ton of cap. Um, there's obviously that connection with him and Darnold. Um, so you know, you and and he was you know productive uh, at, at that year there too. You know, he, obviously he was his best year was what I think his sophomore year. And I, Darnold was not the quarterback that year. Um, I, whoever it is is escaping me at the moment here. But, you know, there's still that connection there with them. So, yeah, I'm definitely interested in, in where Juju goes. He's my wide receiver 19 right now, um, which, again, feels a little bit low. But uh, depending on landing spot, he might rise a little bit. Don't necessarily see him jumping A-Rob, though, for me. Um but we know he has a high ceiling there. You know, he finishes the wide receiver nine in that year. Uh, was it 2018 with AB with a, in that prolific offense that they had that year? So he's got that in the range of outcomes. Uh, to pay, he just needs the right landing spot to unlock him. Um, you know, and he was a 23, wide receiver 23 this year in points per game, uh, fantasy points per game. So, you know, I think that's pretty much kind of a floor for him, I think. So if you can get him somewhere in between that wide receiver 23, wide receiver nine, um, you know, he's got a very productive couple years ahead of him here. I think the one thing that you can confidently, that I can confidently say about myself, and I think you can back this up a little bit, Colin, is that I, for as big of a Steelers fan as I am, I'm really not a homer when it comes to them. I feel like I generally yeah. am fairly fair in my assessment of players on that roster. So this is coming from that place that I think the people that say that, that Juju is overrated are box score scouts or just, or just, you know, follow the narrative and are lazy when it comes to that. And I don't have a problem saying that to somebody because they, they say that he's been terrible without a B. Uh, I don't think he has been terrible a, and if you look at the context surrounding the last two years, since, since Brown left, I think that makes you look even dumber when you say things like that. You know, <laughs> last year, Ben gets hurt two games in, the offense is led by Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. Like that team, that team last year had no business winning more than two or three games. That defense was just so good, and it kind of carried the team for a majority of games. And that's how they they ground out wins. But the passing game was virtually non-existent. This past year, he was still you know seven the number seventeen wide receiver in PPR. Yes, I understand that his depth of target was low. You know all of those kinds of stats. But again, if you watch the games at all, Ben can't throw further than ten yards anymore. That's like his limit. There was a reason why, you know, if you watch Ben from a few years ago and then you watch him this year, he always was testing downfield. And he generally, you know, I mean, obviously hit as much as a quarterback will hit going deep. 
he was awful going deep this year. Teams knew that he wasn't throwing past 10 yards. They sat or they camped everybody out there. And after 10 games, everybody figured that out. I don't know why it took 10 games, but <laughs> it, you know, here we are. And so Juju's, you know, advanced stats suffered because of that. But he still had a really good year. I don't know why people are so down on him. He's 24 years old. He will probably leave Pittsburgh this year. Probably the most upset I'll be about a Steeler leaving since we got rid of Joey Porter way back in the day. Um, and I wish him all the best. I think he's going to succeed. I think people give him a bad, you know, they, they say all this crap about him. Oh, he wants to do his dance and stuff. Like you guys have no idea the kind of stuff that he does around here in the community and the kind of worker he is behind the scenes. People just, you know, like to talk a bunch of stuff that they have no idea about. Yeah, I yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I don't really know anything that he does, um, you know, in the community there. I've I've heard good things, um, but he just seems like a really good guy to root for, you know. Overall, besides being like a good player on the NFL field too. Um, so we'll be moving on to uh, the next guy here. Um, the next guy is a guy who I I think I thought I was lower on than most people. But then when we talked a little bit pre-show on the, about the, our rankings, um, you ended up being a little bit lower on him than me. Uh, so I'll let you take the reins here on this one. Um, tell us a little bit about Will Fuller. Yeah, so I have Will Fuller as my wide receiver 59 right now, which again seems crazy until you look at the list of guys in front of him. Like I, I would take – there are like 10 rookies that I, that I would take in front of him in a startup. And that means like, you know, generally the pick range that I trade him for, um, that, you know, that like, that's just the, I would take, I would, I would trade him for a second round pick and be like a mid second round pick and be happy about it. I, I just like availability is the best ability. You know, people say that all the time. I very much, I very much a believer in that. The guy hasn't played a full season in his entire career. And it's like usually not even close. He played 14 games in 2016. That's the most he's ever played. He's played 10, 7, 11, 11 the past four years. And I get it that, you know, last year he was having a great year and then the the PED stuff hit. But that doesn't make me feel any better about him. <laughs> like then, So he's a boomer bust guy. You know, he'll put up he'll put up two weeks a year where he puts up 40 points and the rest of the time he basically does nothing. I, I don't like Will Fuller. I just don't like him. I don't know where he'll end up. I have to think that his stock has been deflated a little bit by missing those games due to suspension at the end of the year. Do you have a place that you prefer him to go? I know a lot of people were talking about him to Chicago or, um, to Green Bay uh, earlier in the year, like around the trade deadline time. He hadn't been suspended yet. He was still looking really good. Um, you know, he was a wide receiver eight in fantasy points per game this year, um, which I feel like you have to do that based on that suspension. So he looked really good all year, and the people were talking about him going to Green Bay. And I think that would be a really good compliment for uh, for, for Devontae Adams, where you know he doesn't really need to do anything other than just kind of stretch the field and not let people key on Adams, although it didn't really seem to matter that much this year. Um, you know, They kind of keyed on Adams, and he was still an absolute beast. But uh, yes, yeah, so I, I could get on board with him going to Green Bay, but I'm I'm with you. Uh, I'm I'm not a big Will Fuller fan. He just can't really stay on the field. I have him as wide receiver 40, um, which I haven't factored in all of my rookies yet. Um, I'm still kind of parsing out like the later guys. So I could definitely see some guys jumping him once I add them in. Because um, I'm with you. Like, I would absolutely trade him for a mid-second right now in a heartbeat. Um, but yeah, I just... 
Oh, Dave Patterson. Dave Patterson just killing the killing the question game today here on the show. Stretch the field in in the Chargers. Yeah, with with Herbert. Yeah, I think that would be a great. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. He has another really good question about tight end that I'm going to bring up when we hit the tight ends here. So okay, um, don't don't think that we that we didn't see that. Uh, we will get to that. Okay. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I think we talked a lot about Will Fuller there. Uh, we're both kind of out on him. He's a, he's a sell for me. Um, so I don't think we need to go in too much more on him. Uh, the next guy though on the list here is a guy who's very, uh, I've been a big fan of for a while. Um, and that is Corey Davis. Uh, now I took him in rookie draft, uh, that we had in two of my rookie drafts that I was able to take him. I took him at one, three, um, you know, just behind at that year, it was Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey. And he was my wide receiver one by a country mile that year. Uh, I loved his profile. And, and how can you not? I mean, he was he's the NCAA's all-time leader in receiving yards. He topped 1,400 yards in, th- in each of his last three seasons in college. It's a 96th percentile dominator rating, 96th percentile breakout age, according to Player Profiler. He had the draft capital back it up. He was fifth overall pick. So he had an absolute alpha profile. And then just didn't really do anything. I mean, he was fine. Um, his, his rookie year, he was okay. You know, he kind of struggled a little bit with that injury. Uh, at the end of the year, he had that big game uh, in the playoffs against uh, the Patriots where he had two touchdowns. So he got some hype coming into the the following year, into, uh, into 2018, and then just didn't really do anything. Um, but I think he was limited a little bit by QB play that year. But then after that, A.J. Brown came in and just – just put him in the dust. Everybody kind of forgot about Davis and everybody wanted to hop on AJ Brown's train. And he, Davis quietly had a nice bounce back year this year. He's the wide receiver 30 in fantasy points per game. Um, he had 28.8% of his team's air yards. So he was doing it, you know, fairly deep there. He was 25th in the league in that, um, you know, now he was obviously still behind AJ Brown. Cause I just think AJ Brown's a better receiver. Um, but you know, he, Corey Davis is a guy that I like a lot, and I think he's a guy who's going to leave. The Titans have um, some offensive pieces that are leaving this year. don't necessarily think they can bring all of them back, and I think Davis needs to go somewhere and get a fresh start. So he's my wide receiver 42 right now, but I think he's going to rise if he leaves, goes somewhere else in free agency, and can be a, a number one type receiver. I would love to see him stay in that division and go over to Houston. Um, Houston needs a wide receiver and you know, they they're losing fuller. They have cooks there. Who's good, but I think Davis can really compliment cooks. So I would like to see him go there. Um, do you have any specific spot that you would like to see Davis go at all? The only other one that I can think of is the Colts, just because like you said, he compliments, right. um, you know, Campbell and some of those other guys really well. Again, staying in division. I don't know if he'll do that or not. I, I suspect that he ends up um, ending back up in Tennessee. I, I think they bring back okay. him and Johnu, which would be okay. – I'm hoping they do. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think uh, I, I think Dave brought up a good point. Tannehill is really underrated throwing the ball. I mean, he – I think that was a big part of why you saw him, Corey Davis, have a back, back year this year with a full year of Tannehill – um, you know, Tannehill supported both him and AJ Brown in a, you know, fantasy relevant capacity. So, you know, I, I'm back on the Corey Davis bandwagon here. Um, I, I will be, I, I will definitely be looking to buy him if I can. 
Um, like I said, he did have a hot end of the year there. So you might get some Corey Davis truthers who probably are the ones who still own him, who are ready to buy back in like me. But, you know, if you can buy him, he's definitely a guy that I'm interested in there. Um, and then we'll just round it out, want round out wide receiver quickly here, talking about two of the aging guys in AJ Green and TY Hilton. Um, do you are you interested in either of these guys at all, Austin? I came out surprisingly low, like lower than I thought I was going to on Hilton when I was ranking. Um, Same. Like, and then I like, it's another one of those where you just look at your list and you're like, well, I, I really like him, but like I don't know which of these guys I put him in front of. You know, I have him down, but like. I actually probably have him too low. I'm looking at my rankings right now. I'd probably have to adjust <laughs> these a little bit. But yeah, like I, I don't know. Like, would you rather have Tamori and Terry or or Paris Campbell? I have Tamori and Terry at wide receiver 75. So if you'd rather chase the upside with Terry coming in, then yeah, Hilton can't be any better than wide receiver 76, which is where I actually, incidentally, I have AJ Green as I'm looking at this here. So. <laughs> Like th- those are the kind of guys where you start just thinking, you know, maybe I would rather take a chance on this upside than with maybe riding Hilton for another year or two, or you know, same for AJ Green. Yeah, I'm. I actually I have Ty Hilton on my wide receiver seventy five, so I'm with you. I'm I'm pretty low on Hilton as well. Um, I mean, he was really good early in his career, you know, but then the two years without luck, he just hasn't been able to do anything. I think he could be a flex option potentially in the right situation, but I'm pretty much out on him. Uh, and I'm more or less out on AJ Green as well. I have AJ Green a little bit higher, wide receiver 64, um, just because it's hard to quit a guy like that. But I think AJ Green's pretty much done too. I, I have Gabe Davis at 64 to give you like the level of guy that I have there. And again, who would you rather have? I think I'd rather take the chance on Gabe up. I guess. I like I, when I'm thinking about some of these older guys, like I just sit here and I'm go like, you know, if I think Gabe Davis, you know, is probably worth like a, a late second to acquire him right now. Like, and then I think of AJ green, like, you know, I don't know how you sync those two up. Um, I mean, I get that the, I, I, I would have to say of the two, does Hilton maybe have another better year or two left than AJ green? Yeah, probably I'd have to say, but at the same time, you know, if AJ Green goes to a nice landing spot and I have zero ones picked out that he could go to that I think would be really good <laughs> for him. To throw that to you. But you know, if he has a good landing spot that he can be the wide receiver two on a roster or maybe a, a prolific offense that's a wide receiver three, then you know, do we see the AJ Green of old? I don't know. I like I then that's just what's so hard to rank some of these guys after you get outside like the top four. 50 or so yeah yeah and when i had mentioned earlier at the beginning of the show when we were talking about kansas city weapons and them signing like a mid-tier vet who might be ring chasing um aj green was actually the guy i had in mind i think he would be good Hilton would be great there yeah either of those two guys um or you know throw in marvin jones too um any of those three guys marvin jones is a free agent um any of those guys that go to kansas city just kind of ring chase towards the end of their career um you know, they could go there for cheap and then, you know, I'm potentially interested, but that's pretty much about it. Um, as far as places that I'd be interested in seeing them go. Yeah. So, uh, we'll move on there and then just talk a little bit about tight end. It is a position that we neglect a little bit too much. It's the redheaded stepchild there. Uh, and there's two interesting guys, uh, at this position. Um, you already mentioned Janu. You thought he was going to come back. 
Um, and I, Janu, between Janu and Corey Davis, I do think Janu would be the guy who would come back. Um, I, I think Corey Davis would be more likely to leave. Um, Janu was the tight end nine this year. Uh, I was a tight end 17 last year. Um, you know, he's only 25 years old. You know, you got to love his athletic profile there too. So, you know, he's continuing to grow, continuing to learn the tight end position. It does take a little bit longer for them to develop. And I think he's really starting to come into his own this year. Faded a little bit down the stretch, but there's tight ends pretty barren and there's not a lot of guys that I'm interested in. So, um, yeah, sign me up for Janu, um, even if he goes back. Uh, but if he leaves, potentially go to a place that could really utilize him well. Um, but even if he stays and Corey Davis leaves, now he's the number two option in that offense, pretty solid, um, in the passing game at least, um, pretty solidly. So uh, I, I'm, I'm interested in Janu. Um, I know you said you thought he might go somewhere else. Is there anywhere you thought he was going to go, anywhere you'd like to see him go? No, I think Janu goes back. Um, yeah. I do. I just like it's it's just one of those things where, you know, if you're a guy, you have to think with uh, the cap going down this offseason. Can I go somewhere that's going to be as good of a situation and make like I like I think the money is almost off the table for a lot of these guys, unless you're, you know, Dak Prescott can probably go and get money wherever. Can Jonu Smith go and get money wherever that I'm not so sure about? I think he's really a guy that, you know, he almost says, give me a two year deal here in a situation that I'm comfortable with, with a bunch of guys that I'm comfortable with. And then, cause he's still young. How did you say how old he is? I, I don't 25. Know. Yeah. So, you know, if he signs another deal till 27, then he can, st- he can still sign one more nice contract wherever he wants. And the cap yeah. will have probably rebounded by then. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. I think it's a lot of guys, especially the tight end position. Cause there's a couple other guys who are kind of interesting names, Gerald Everett. Um, you know, potentially interesting. He could go somewhere and get like a one or two year deal, maybe rehab his value somewhere. Cause he kind of fell off the face of the earth. Uh, but he was a guy that I was still kind of interested in. He had some draft capital there. Uh, but the only other real interesting name for me at tight end, the only other big name uh, would be Hunter Henry. Um, and I'll let you take this one away from here. I really like Hunter Henry. I think I people just I forget, he was I one think of your guys. People just forget about him. Yeah, I took him in my first ever rookie draft, or yeah, my first ever rookie draft. And uh, I guess it was probably my second ever one. Yeah. It's the first one that we did in our league together, though. Yeah, our home league that we've been in for a bunch of years here. Um, because I took him in the second round. Um, and it, it's he's been a staple on my roster. I think he's just a very steady Eddie kind of guy. You know, I think if he stays healthy for a whole year, he's a guy that won't finish worse than. You know, if he's healthy, right around tight end ten or so. I mean, he was twelve in PPR this year, I think, and he missed two games. Yeah, um, absolutely killed me because he he missed playoff games and they're like the fantasy playoff games and you know with the COVID stuff, I think he had a close contact or whatever. And I had no other tight ends in my roster, so he just totally nuked me. Who did I start? I started uh, one of the oh, backup was- Titans tight ends that week and i was like okay i'm, I'm gonna go donate like 150 bucks to this guy's charity if he does something this week yeah yeah that i was um for uh Ferkser, yeah it was Ferkser. Yeah. i started anthony Ferkser that week it yeah. was uh yeah i was doomed from the start but <laughs> so and he only played 12 games before that i think that the big thing with him is just the you know can he stay healthy for a full year i think he does leave san diego because they have um uh, Parham there and then you know this is a deep tight end class so if they want to go out and get somebody else for cheaper I don't think it necessarily makes sense to spend a bunch of money on a tight end 
Um, so I, I don't know exactly where he'd go. I could see like a new England being a good spot for him or somewhere like that. Um, a Carolina, I don't know what Carolina, Carolina's cap situations. Like I just don't care about Carolina that much, but, um, but like a team like that, I think would be really, really good. Yeah. I like, I like Henry too. I'm with you and he is only 26. So he's fine age wise. Like I said, the tight ends typically age better than some of the other skill positions. Um, like we've mentioned kind of with Kelsey before, like some of the, the good tight ends can stick around and play until they're 37 or so. I don't know if silly, know if he'll last that long. So like you said, he does have some of the injuries. He has yet to play a full season, uh, his rookie year, he played 15 games, then he played 14, then he missed 2018 and 12 and then 14 this year. So, um, he doesn't play a full season, but he does play a lot of games, um, you know, so I, I do like Hunter Henry too, especially like you said, a lot of people kind of forgot about him. Um, so he's definitely a guy that if you're not getting one of the top guys in Kelsey Kittle, um, you, know, you can throw Hawkinson in there too. If you're not, and maybe even Mark Andrews, although he had a down year, but if you're not getting one of those top guys, Hunter Henry's going to be fine. He's going to put up solid production at tight end. You're not going to love it, but you're not going to hate it either. So yeah, and I do think he's going to head out somewhere else too. So maybe he, you know, get picks up an expanded role in an offense. Um, so what's that? Wow, that is a lot of draft picks. Yeah, I'm going to read it just so people that okay. are, you know, are listening and not watching the show um, this week can say. So it says, "Hey, I draft one, one, two, three, five, six, nine, eleven, thirteen, in a superflex PPR tight end one and a half pool, complete rebuild." I would be impressed if someone had that many picks and it was not a complete rebuild. Um, yeah. And then it says, do I have to take Pitts at one five? Um, well, you have you have the one six too. So, you know, you're fine either way there. But I think one five, one six in a in a one half tight end premium. I think that's right. I think that's a good spot for him. And I don't think he's gonna be there at your one nine. Um, so if you want pits, then yeah, definitely take him at the one five one six. Uh, I mean, those are just a ton of picks. You're looking at you're looking at Lawrence. You're looking at Fields. You're looking at your choice of wide receiver. You know, and then you can get another wide receiver there, or you can get potentially Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, and Pitts. So you can really have a nice rebuild this year. This is a great year to have that many picks. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I don't hate taking pits at that one five one six spot. What about you? I'm very anti tight end first round, but I think in that situation, this this would be like maybe the only situation where I'd be like moderately <laughs> right. okay with it. Because um, yeah, like you said, he won't be there at the one nine, and I would I would think trading down from that one six, you start um, risking not you know trading down one spot or whatever. I feel like somebody would trade up in that range to take pits. Yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's actually super interesting there. I'd love to see the second round picks that he has too, because, you know, if he wants to trade down from the one three to the one four and just, if he has two guys that he likes there, you know, he could probably do that. Um, or he could trade out completely towards the back end of the first there and pick up a bunch of extra picks. So I love having that pick versatility there. Uh, so that was a great question, Dave. Thanks. Appreciate that. But uh, I think that's going to wrap up the big portion of our show here. Uh, and now it's we're at the point where everybody has been waiting for us. We're going to do the drawing for the jersey right now. Um, 
uh, let Austin take this away because he is the the one who co- compiled like most of the names there, and he does have the draft the generator up. Yes, so I will share my screen here. This is why we went live tonight to so make every sure make sure everybody was okay with everything. It's and all about no, Yes, exactly. No accusations here of uh, impropriety at all. So um, that looks like it's showing my screen now. Perfect. As you can see, here are all the names of people, um, either Twitter name or handle given on iTunes for your, um, you know, your entry. And as you can see, everybody has the same chance. It's all one, one, one there. Um, I was tempted to give everybody a thousand, except for Felix, but I ended up not <laughs> doing that. Everybody has an equal opportunity. So we are going to draw the top three here because we're going to give everyone a week to respond. If we don't hear from somebody, we will just move on to the next person. So we're going to, we're going to roll the first three here just so we have backups in case something happens. I've seen this process go awry (laughs) in other places. So other places. Yeah. Anywhere in particular without comment. Um, So, (laughs) um, so we'll pick first here. Oh, okay. So the boys 22. So that is Kevin uh, Coleman on Twitter. Um, Just won a signed JK Dobbins. Jersey, if you want to see it, we have it right here for everybody. It's the black Ohio State one. So uh, I'll reach out to Kevin here um, and get his info. And there will not be any worry about getting a second or third guy because I talk to him almost daily. But just yeah. in case. Um, oh, my oh. God. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin, you have to get back to us. Kevin, you have to get back to us. <laughs> You definitely should have nuked Felix's chances. Oh man, because Felix is second. Oh, and who's Felix third? at the two, and Peebles um, is third, and Dwight okay. Peebles at third. I think uh, uh, looking at that screen, there's a big smudge there on the two spot. I think that that got flipped. I think Dwight is actually two, and Felix is number twenty-two. I think there was an extra two there. Oh. That's so funny. <laughs> but yeah, so, so Kevin, okay. definitely get back to us. I know you're a guy who interacts with us a lot on Twitter, so I have no doubt you're going to get onto this one. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you, everybody who's given reviews. We are going to do more of these. Um, we yeah. have some very special announcements coming out here, and we have a pretty hard timeline for it at this point. So um, yeah, that, there will be more of these. So don't worry if you've missed out on this jersey. We'll have other fun ones as well. Yeah. Um, Probably lean more college ones just because it seems like most places do NFL, but you know, we can always switch it up. Yeah. We're not married to any particular yeah. you know, side of that. Yeah. Well, the only difficult thing about the college jerseys is with the way the name image likeness is right now, it's hard to get signed college jerseys for guys who are still in college. So that's kind of why we went with the JK Dobbins one, fresh rookie, you know, bigger name guy. Um, you know, and and we 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 won the bid on that one, so that that had a big part to play in it too, but yeah, so we'll we'll try to pr- stick with some of the college jerseys, but they probably will be a guy who's a year removed at least until they get the whole name image likeness thing figured out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that's all I have for tonight, Colin. You wanna you wanna take us home? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll take it home here tonight. The last thing that I have housekeeping wise is if you followed us from the beginning. Um, you know, two months ago, almost to the day, I believe, was the release of our first episode. I think it was on the 11th, um, if I rem- remember incorrectly. But so it's been about two months. So we've been teasing since the very beginning that we have some big things in the work. And like Austin alluded to, we have a pretty hard timeline for it at this point. So you can look for this um, coming 
likely next weekend, maybe Monday uh, is where we're leaning right now. So we've been teasing it for a while. Stick with us. It's coming here very soon. Definitely worth the wait. Uh, but that's going to do it here for our show tonight. Uh, thanks for joining us live. Uh, thanks for tuning in and, and listening to me drive the episode here. It's my first shot at, uh, at hosting. Austin, let me take the wheel. Um, you know, let me know how I did on Twitter. You know, reach out to me. I'm at Campus2Canton, the number two in the middle. Um, or if you want to see uh, Austin drive from now on and, and do it more often, do it all of the time, not have any forays into me uh, into driving, you know, tweet at him, let him know. That's at Debbie Dietz for him. And uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us here. Uh, I'm Colin. I'm Austin. And thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys later. <laughs>